0: Peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Hello and welcome to episode number 10 of the Sports Nut Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about the weather. Nah, no, just kidding. No, this is where we talk about sports and it's really good. I can say we. Uh, going on trying to do a banter by yourself isn't always fun. And speaking of we... The me part of we is Tracy, otherwise known as Holster. The other part of we is Mr. I'm just going to say Mr. Bruce today. Nothing else. Just Mr. Bruce. How are
1: you doing today, Bruce? How you doing? I'm doing uh, excellent. Everything seems to be going well, and uh, I'm actually excited. I almost wanted to scream, "Woo, America, but
0: we'll move on from that. Exactly. Well, I guess you can with the World Baseball Classic coming up. Uh, You can go USA, USA, or some old WWF uh, hexa Jim Duggan, you know, just carry two by four around and yell USA. You know, um, I'm
1: definitely not opposed to bringing the WWE into this.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I do partake in watching some, some people are like, what? It's entertainment to me. It's just strictly entertainment. Uh, up until I, to be honest with you, I, am not religious watcher. I'll catch it now. And then I will say one thing. Um, I don't know how much I can talk about this, but, uh, I, I do some beta tests for different companies for cable cutting since I've been doing it so long. And, uh, one of the channels I kind of test out for this and that is a WWE, so I do get to watch it. They have something called TNX, and I can't go anything more detailed than that. Uh, TNX, it's like their like minor league system. Really good. I prefer watching that to anything else. So if I do want to sit down, I'll watch that. But uh, yeah, it, it's really good. Some of the young talent coming up. So there's enough enough of that we're talk about. Unless you want to go into that more.
1: Well, actually, I'll just follow it very briefly. You know, if uh, I think. What is it? Mick Foley put out a book many years ago and uh, talking about wrestling and uh, one of the things I loved was uh, he actually helps take away a lot of the misconceptions around the sport. I mean, let's make no mistake about it. It's entertainment and it truly is. However, the things that happen in that ring are very much real. In fact, uh, when he uh, got his start, he actually ended up uh, in Philadelphia uh, training under Dominic DiNucci for those who remember the old school uh, wrestling. And at one point he goes uh hey dominic can you show me how how you make those punches look real in the ring and he goes yeah sure so he grabs foley throws him into the ropes foley comes off to the ropes and danucci balls up his fist and lays right into him and he flattens foley and then foley's just looking at him from the from the canvas so he goes the reason it looks real is because it is real
0: Yeah, somebody back in the 80s said, you know, pro wrestling back then, uh, sports entertainment now, isn't fake, it's fixed. Now some of the punches are thrown. And that was a good way to describe it. I mean, you lift somebody over your head, you still have to lift somebody over your head. Uh, Probably some of the best trained athletes in the world are, you know, uh, quote, quote, pro wrestlers.
1: Uh, You know what? I think one of the great parts about us. let's definitely set this aside for another day because oh, we could totally go on a complete run on this. But I will say one thing um, to the WWE's credit or discredit, uh, apparently of all the rings from the differations, uh, the WWE actually has probably the least forgiving of all of them. So when you see those high flyers coming off the rope, there's not very much that's actually suspending their fall when they hit the mat. So there's some very real things going on there exactly
0: so yeah like you said we we can go on that for about three four hours so uh hey we're gonna get into some quick news here really really quick and then we'll get into some other stuff we're talking about so first thing the news and this kind of caught me uh not by surprise but it it nevertheless the timing of it uh colin kaepernick said you know he it was a two-way option on his last year contract for the 49ers. He could have said, nope, I want out, Or the 49ers could. He knew the 49ers were going to opt out. So instead of getting cut, he opted out of his side. Why? I don't know. I guess it really doesn't matter. There was no money different way here or there. So he opted out last week. Shortly thereafter, he said, I proved my point. I'm going to stand from now on the national anthem. My point was made what I wanted to last year. Here's why that's a big farce, in my opinion. Um, When he did it, if if he was truly, that was the case, at the end of the season, he would have made a big thing about it, saying next year I'm going to stand, you know, no matter what. This year was this and that. But he did it immediately after he became a free agent, just immediately after he said, I'm going to stand. So this is basically to tell all the new teams, I'll try not to be a distraction. So, yeah, if he really wants to make a point, I think he should have, he, he would have did at the end of the year where he, the quote quote controversy was still fresh and still in everybody's mind. He, he could have just brought it out more. So I think this was all just his attempt to try to get a better position to tell teams, hey, I, I won't be a distraction, Just just hire me for a job.
1: Well, I'll be very curious to see how that actually holds over because, I mean, I think among some of the things that we will probably be speaking about in the weeks to come uh, is, uh, you know, the the stage of the NFL. And, um, you know, is that the correct platform if you want to further a political cause or anything? And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Uh, But I mean, right now, I mean, is it actually the proper platform for it? And if you are if you are earnest in your beliefs, and I'm not doubting that he is, um, I would like to see that actually even after the season through the various, you know, marches and whatever, because, I mean, let's face it, outside of the NFL season, uh, you really didn't hear from him. But, uh, you know, again, that's that's neither here nor there for now.
0: Yeah, one of my earlier episodes I talked about this, and it it kind of shocked some people, me being an Army veteran, uh, me being a real staunch Second Amendment supporter, uh, you know, when I said I support Colin Kaepernick for what he's doing, Um, just like uh, even though, you know, I'm a, you know, concealed handgun instructor, people know that. And I'm the first one to say, if somebody says, you cannot carry my establishment, I'm the first one to say, that is your right. I I, I served in the military for people to give their right as long as they are not harming other people. Do what you want to do. I don't care. I fought for your right to do what you wanted to do. So when he was doing that, I was like, more power to him. If he wants to bring that out more in his way go for it that that's his way of doing it so uh yeah i saw really nothing wrong what he was doing he was doing absolutely no harm and they're saying oh he's being disrespectful for the military and that's that's bs um that was most of the non-military people saying that about the military people yeah there's always a few that will say you yeah, i was in the army i felt just come on so uh, enough on that. We could go on that forever and forever, forever and more. But uh, that was my opinion on that. You can go back to I forgot what episode, uh, two or three, and uh, you can uh, hear on that.
1: Fair enough. Okay. I think uh, okay. all right with that. Right.
0: Cool. The next uh, real quick oh, no, is nice. is uh, the Golden State Warriors will honor the contract of NBA player Jose. Calderon, you know, for $392,000. Why why is that such a big deal? He was signed for, he signed two hours later, he was cut. So they're going to honor his contract and pay him. And why is that a big deal? Because there's an executive order that was signed, oh, six, seven years ago that, like California law, if you hire somebody on a contract, you got to pay him. With this executive order, it is it overwrote that unless you're in a union, the unions have the right. You know, you don't have to pay if they're in a union. So that was signed years ago. So they said uh, they said they're going to do it anyway, which is kind of nice. Uh, so basically, he was paid just under four hundred thousand for signing his name and showing up one day. So <laughs> I would like one of them paychecks. I'm uh, actually the next heading four- out
1: to Gold State right now. Uh,
0: That's kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah, and then uh, the next one is we touched on last week a little bit. They say the NFL Competition Committee is considering two big changes. And uh, we touched on one, and one I was actually going to make a topic for another time, and uh, then hopefully they'll beat us to it so we don't have to. Is one, making full-time officials. I think everybody's going to jump up and go, yay. The second is a fully centralized replay. That should have been done years ago. The NHL does it. The CFL does it. And uh, before the CFL season starts, we'll talk about the CFL and why I like the CFL better than the NFL. We'll talk about that later another time. But both of them do it, and it is so much better. There is none of this. This referee sees this. That referee sees this. going to be like this. going to be like that. Nope. Referee gets on his little phone, gets on there. It's viewed. And you have one person doing all the decisions. So everything is consistent. So that should have been done years ago. Um, I still think the full-time officials is going to be one of these staggered things in. We're going to implement it over the next five, eight years. And it'll probably just be nutrition. A lot of the older guys that will stay on for a couple more years and just naturally get out so they don't have to be full-time refs. So we kind of uh, beat them to that punch by a couple days. And the last thing, story I got for you guys real quick is ESPN. ESPN is going to do some massive cuts. What they've been hearing online is i am seeing some stats. They're losing between one and 10,000 people a day to cord cutters. They were one of the big ones saying, we are going to stay with our cable companies. We are going to stay with our cable companies. We are going to stay with our cable companies. And last fall, they says. We are going to start having a pay option <laughs> because they see the numbers and uh, they got hit hard. Disney told them you got to trim because Disney owns ESPN because ESPN is dragging Disney stock down hard. So they announced they're going to do some major cuts and most of the cuts are going to come from talent and you know employee costs and not just behind the scenes. Almost every cut is going to be on air talent which is pretty surprising and which is probably needed. ESPN is probably one of the most overstaffed full-time people standing around, you know, six analysts for this one little thing here. Really? You don't need six. Two's very sufficient. So over the next three months, yes, don't be surprised about seeing this person and this person laid off to ESPN. I think that is why um Originally, this last winter, Alex Rodriguez, said he was going to go be a commentator for baseball for ESPN. Well, yesterday or today it was announced he's going to Fox Sports. Why? Because I'm sure ESPN said, nope, we're not even going to hire you. So I got a feeling that's why that was switched there. So don't be surprised, ESPN cuts. And then sometime this year you'll be able to pay a nominal fee to get the ESPN feeds. So, And I think that's a big step to true... Cable cutters, because one of the biggest things people don't want to cut cable for is sports. And if you can get ESPN on a nominal monthly fee, that's a win-win for everybody.
1: Well, and I'd like to actually pick up on that just a little bit because, you know, I think really the trouble with ESPN is that they've had a lot of really good talent over the years. The problem is, is they never really fostered it or or really retained it. Because I mean, you had some real electric personalities. I mean, uh, I always enjoyed Keith Olbermann. Right or wrong, he always gave you a good opinion. I I thought that the show that he ran was always smart. You know, Dan Patrick was very good. Um, they've, of course, lost a couple of people to some tragedy. I mean, who used to cover the NHL, uh, unfortunately died in an accident. But, I mean, uh, Robin Roberts was at the top of her game before she transitioned over to uh, ABC Good Morning America. But, I mean, that kind of level of talent just doesn't exist on ESPN anymore. So, Uh, I think in some ways they've actually lost their way in regards to how they uh, foster and bring up the talent.
0: Yeah, and one thing I used to love on the radio side, Mike and Mike in the morning, loved it. And soon as they changed about a year, year and a half ago, they switched uh, from like three good hours to like five hours. Well, one of them always seems to be on vacation. And then they brought in, like, three, four, five co-hosts. So it's not Mike and Mike. It's Mike and Mike, Joe, John, Jane, and Mary. You know, it, it's not the same show. And, and to me, it, it just turned the show downhill. It was uh, them two had a perfect chemistry, a sports broadcaster, a sports writer, knew a lot of stuff, and another one that was in the NFL – good talent, just like a great color commentator, had good funny stories and everything, and it was a perfect mix. And to be honest, they ruined it. Uh, And I know a lot of people that say the same thing to me, that they just stopped when they changed their format.
1: Yeah, and again, I mean, I think one of the things that, ESPN failed to do is it failed to grow with its audience. And I think that that was uh, to the detriment of their game. I mean, you know, I mean, it, at this point, I mean, it literally is sports around the clock, but there's no, um, uh, for lack of a better word, they don't selectively choose the ultimate games worth watching. And so instead of showing the best of the best, you're getting everything. And that's not going to get or retain your viewers for much longer.
0: Yeah, and the whole collegiate ESPN stations, I think, was a fail. I really liked how they did the, like the SEC network, uh, you know, the Pac network. That was good, but then they said, "Oh, the Lone Star, you know, Texas Longhorns get their own." Really? If you look at that, that's just a money pit, and part of the agreement is ESPN has to eat the costs if it doesn't meet certain standards. So basically texas longhorns get a free check every month for doing nothing you know so yeah it's this was long overdue this doesn't surprise me it it was long overdue uh i just hope they don't do cuts on their sports because that is the only way i can watch cfl (laughs) it's the canadian football league is through espn so i hope they keep that contract going well i guess
1: we'll We'll sit tight and see how that goes. Uh, do you want to transition into the uh, world's uh, the World Games? Uh, that sounds good. That sounds good.
0: Before that, I'm going to have a real, real quick thing for everybody. This is going to be a trivia alert for the future. Uh, this is one that for trivia games, bar games, whatever you want. The first player in franchise history to be signed by in the NHL, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Is Reed Duke. If you don't know who Reed Duke is, he's 21 years old. He's originally signed by Minnesota. Um, really high upside, signed a three-year uh entry-level deal. So we'll see how that goes. So anytime you hear who the first by the Golden Knights, it is Reed Duke. So they can start signing as of now. I think it was last week when the trade deadline, it was like with one one or two weeks left in the trade deadline, they could start going at it. Uh, that's when they said you could do anything you want. And they said any active player you get, um, you can have them stay on the other team if you want. So you just don't trade for somebody and they, you know, just sit for months without doing anything. And supposedly they got somebody. He's not officially signed, it was something for a player to be named later. So I got a feeling it's one of those. Uh, Fifth line right wingers, or you know, the last defenseman on the thing, and they'll come over after the season's done. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so Reed Duke's your first player in the Las Vegas new NHL team.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see how they do out there in the desert. Um, I to tell you the truth, I was a little skeptical when I found out that they had actually won the franchise, but ah, uh, you know what, uh, believe it or not, you actually have to credit the uh. Uh, Arizona Coyotes for uh, the reason why Austin Matthews exists because uh, he's the first American player to make that kind of an impact with an NHL team. And oh, holy smoke, when he scored his when he scored four goals against Boston in the season opener, I thought, "Wow, this kid is going to be amazing." He still is, but oh boy, I'll tell you, if um, the NHL had never set up camp in Phoenix, we would have never had an electric player like that. Yep, and Las Vegas is a good fit, especially for hockey.
0: I think it's a good place for basketball, too, because every casino is going to buy 40, 50 tickets. For every game, season tickets, give them out. Handouts to this and that. People on vacation go to a game. So it, I, I think they're going to do good financially. I think every game is going to be a sellout. might not be a full house, but every game I think will be a sellout. So cool. That's enough on that. How about we get into uh, some NFL talk now?
1: I'll let you fire away with this.
0: All right. We're going to kind of go on basically a little deep in the discussions we were talking about last week. Uh, We're going to about how basically the NFL treats its players. Uh, And realistically, uh, they really don't do a good job. Uh, (laughs) They treat their players, you know, pretty bad, pretty bad. I got a story here. Uh, let's get right here. Yeah, right here. Um, this last year. Here is how backwards sometimes the fines are, and it's how they treat the players. Little backstory: uh, William Gay, he's a defensive back for Pittsburgh Steelers. About three, four years ago, his right about the same time the whole Ray Rice thing was coming down, his mother was killed in a domestic violence with her boyfriend and during the domestic violence, his mom's boyfriend killed his mom. So, and then the whole Ray Rice thing came down and the NFL needed a safe face. So they started this big whole movement with purple and everything like that. And he's been on commercials with the NFL. Uh, the NFL has been sending them all over in the off season about domestic violence. And he's a real, you know, proponent to get the word out of there. So on the anniversary of her death, uh, was a game day this last year. So he wore purple cleats. These were official cleats from the Minnesota Vikings. He contacted the Vikings, and he did this last year too. No issues. The Vikings asked what size, what it was for, and they said, sure, here, we'll send you. That's a good cause. So they sent him official Minnesota Vikings cleat. There's no Minnesota Vikings logo on it anywhere, just the Nike. They were just purple. So the NFL finds him for not being in the correct uniform really how much attention and then afterwards he took the higher road he says whatever the fine will be i heard i'm going to get fined i hope they go ahead and donate that right to the domestic violence thing we created so it kind of forced them into doing that but stuff like that it's like really in the whole nine eleven. those players that put uh you know remember because their sunday was 9-11 it was a game day and there was games some of the players put 911 on their cleats, just a little 911. Some players, you know, uh, fire department, you know, FDNY, you know, NYPD. That was it, just on their cleats, just real, real small and sharpie. And every one of them got fined. It's like, really? You had the perfect opportunity to do something. Uh, just like in Dallas, they was shortly the season started when that sniper. Killed a bunch of people from that parking garage. Dallas PD. And the football season started. They would not let them wear a patch for one game. Just saying, remember these police. So sometimes what they do is just mind-boggling. Just, just mind-boggling. You know, their how they treat their players and how they treat, you know, some of the this. It's they say we care, we care. Then they do stuff like this. It just boggles my mind.
1: Well, and I want to probably take a, well, let's test out these waters. So, um, of course, we understand a lot of uh, their anti violent stance. But, you know, I think the way it is is that uh, at what point does, um, you know, protecting the product versus interfering with somebody's personal life, uh, where did those lines become blurred and why? I mean, uh, for example, for Adrian Peterson, you know, uh, I, quite frankly, I, I, this is only on the surface from what I know. I didn't research it deeply or at all, to be honest. But the fact of the matter is, is if he's going to punish his kid, he really has that. Uh, priority to do anything he wants Well not anything he wants but I mean within what he feels Is responsible I mean if you look At how we were brought up and I'm not sure Exactly I- I'm going to guess that You know you probably had a fairly strict uh, Upbringing as did I um, My father tolerated Nothing you know and uh, You know yeah. and, I mean, If you fell out of line he made Sure you snap back in there And you know he was not shy About being physical with it but you know, today something like that. I don't think many people actually punish their kids in that way, and uh, I have such a hard time with because you know you don't set that uh, you don't set the respect for the rules or the understanding that if you do something bad, you will be punished for it. Exactly. I still remember one time in the
0: barracks, we got done with workout. And there's always like a two-hour gap where you gave you a chance to change and eat and start work for the day. Well, there was this uh, female in my squad. And she used to come in our our room every now and then just hang out because she lived off off post. And every now and then she'd have her kid. And then she would drop her kid off at the last minute, the babysitter, to pay less, and then come there. So the kid and she'd hang out in the room and sit in there and had my stereo. And the stereo was off one day. And uh, he was about a five years old, was turning the knobs. You know, uh, that's when she says, knock it off. And I didn't care. It was off. He wasn't doing anything. Not hard. A couple minutes later, still doing it. She says, you knock it off or uh, you're going to get a, a spanking. He says, "He says, nope, you can't do that. I know the number to child abuse. And she goes, you got to make it to the phone. She just sat right down. <laughs> and I was like, that was the perfect response.
1: Uh, yes. And you do a lot of damage before they get the phone <laughs>
0: Exactly. Yeah, the because uh, I'm sure you were the same way. It was it, it, if you got in trouble away from the house, it wasn't so much getting punched at the houses where I was. I might get punished by five or six moms and dads before I even got to the house. You know, I had to pass by all them homes, and it was like, oh man, I'm going to get punished like seven times. You well, know?
1: and that actually, I think, is what really is. is- probably the basis of a lot of uh, issues today because you don't have that sense of community in any part of the country. I mean, you know, most of the people these days are are told, you know, mind your own business and keep to yourself. But, you know, the fact is, is the side product of that is that you also don't have people looking out for each other either. And, you know, that's that's not what this is supposed to be about.
0: Nope. uh, It's exactly it. I'm like you um as, as long as there's no true harm to the kid and spanking stuff like that leaves no true harm to the kid i see nothing wrong with it so uh, when, when the whole thing came out about the adrian peterson i was like why is he getting a year and this is still in the courts he is suing for his salary for that year saying you had no right to punish me. You had no right. Everything I did was legal because what uh, Houston did is ultimately really didn't do much to them because he was like, look what I did. Nothing I did was wrong. And, and I think the, basically they just kind of said, Oh, in Houston, what I read is just kind of said, Oh, you'll just be kind of on a list, you know, and child service will come out and look and yada, yada, yada. So, Basically, he's it's still going to court about for that year salary he lost, or almost a year minus one game. Uh, about, you know, you had no right to do that. What I did was not wrong. So, and to me, I'm all for that. And I hope he gets his money. And even though I'm a Vikings team and it'd be hurting them in the long run, right is right. You know, if, if they're punishing people for some things, that's not against the law. You know, and then other things, they're just slapping on the wrist, uh, like the thing coming on now, it's the total inconsistency is Seattle didn't disclose uh, a player's injury in a playoff game, so they're losing a draft pick, losing a draft pick. Well, the Steelers didn't disclose uh, Bell, and Bell has come out and said, yeah, if I wasn't injured for that game, you know, it would have been a different story against the Patriots, and he said that more than one occasions. Well, he wasn't on in any injury report. Evidently, the whole team knew. So why isn't the NFL doing anything to Pittsburgh? Nothing. You hear nothing about it. So to me, the biggest thing is inconsistency across the well, board. Well,
1: and I think what's wor- Versus that in Adrian Peterson's case, though, it effectively ended his career because, first of all, he set out the season. And I mean, the the life of an NFL uh, running back is short as it is, but, you know, to lose a season um, and, you know, being part of that offensive scheme, he had to, by the time he came back, a new offensive coordinator and, and essentially a different team. And uh, that, I think, is really a shame because, you know, the NFL effectively sidelined one of the most electric runners in the league through their own bungling and again one of the things that we'll we'll point out throughout the uh, upcoming years is the inconsistency in which these are applied. And one last item is the fact that, you know, Adrian Peterson signed a contract with the Minnesota Vikings of the NFL. However, his family didn't. And I think that, you know, if there is anything that needed to be done here, the NFL just sort of simply let this alone. And had they actually gotten conclusive proof that something awful or maybe you know something greasy actually did happen they should have just simply let it be because if you're going to interfere with a person's life that way then you know what you better start being a little bit more consistent on how you handle the michael floyd incident where you know he was blind drunk and yet uh he should have been suspended from the nfl and uh, not, I mean, I think the Cardinals did the right thing when they caught him, um, but unfortunately, New England, uh, you know, they didn't do anything wrong, but you did bring a player back in, and, you know, I don't think he'll end up with uh, New England in the upcoming year, but, you know, you're just reinforcing some of the bad habits for players who have that ability versus a marginal player, because a marginal player would be booted out, no doubt.
0: Yeah, and albeit I am not a Patriots fan, I am not a Brady fan, but I loved it how they just kept pushing back that whole thing. So long back, him. because we touched on it last week. There was no proof Brady did anything wrong. Whole bunch of circumstantial point in there. I mean, lots of circumstantial evidence, but not one heavy piece of proof that anything went wrong in a four-game suspension. Four game, a quarter of the season. You know, so, yeah, it it just, you you said it right a second ago, just straight inconsistencies up and down, back and forth, how they handle stuff. Uh. There's a podcast I listen to called the Puck Podcast, and uh, the NHL is a lot better in the last two years. A lot better in last two years on punishment, but they used to call it, you know, the wheel of punishment. You know, the exact same hit, somebody would get a slap on the wrist, no money fine, the other person would get a four game suspension. It was like, what, you know? So, and that's the way the NFL is right now. There's absolutely no consistency for anything, and like it or not some the players association has some blame to this in my opinion in that they were so hung up on money and uh who it shoot I forgot the person's name he's a uh, his radio show out of the Denver I forgot his name and uh, I'll try to put it in the show notes but he did a little researching on this and talking to some of the player reps, and they says nobody of the, representative of the players because there's one player from each team that goes to the meetings. He said no one was talking about punishment, who hands out punishment. Everything was about money, 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 money. What are we going to get? What are we going to get? Money, money, money. What piece of the pie is this? What piece of the pie of that? And not one thing was said. So when they come up and said, hey, here's the punishment, and the commissioner basically has carte blanche, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, that's fine." What about the money? So the players' association has some something to do with this too. And the next time they go for player agreements, I think this is going to be, you know, highly looked at. And I think if the NFL was smart now, they would get uh, a full time person. His job is for look at punishment, hand out punishment, but it's just not that person. The Players Association pick one person, and uh, the Referee Association picks one person, and they're not on any team, they don't do anything. Anytime something needs to be fined or punishment, these three come to consensus and pass it out. If they do that, no one can really say anything.
1: Well, and I'll be very curious if they actually put something like that together. Uh, Following up on what... um, So... When I finish uh, the current book I'm reading, the next one I'm picking up is actually called League of Denial, the NFL concussions and the battle for the truth. Uh, that was a controversial book that was written a couple of years ago, uh, talking about head cussions in the NFL and how they've tried to bury it. So uh, I'm looking forward to actually giving a rundown of that book when I finish it.
0: Yeah, it, uh, they were pushing it to the side. Uh some of it I'm like, well, I don't know because, I mean, even when I played a little football back in the 80s, I knew there was inherent risks for damage. Um How much damage, I didn't know, and yes, there's no doubt they were covering evidence up, but some of it has to come back to you saying, you know, uh, yeah, th- bad stuff can happen. So, that's no here, no there about that, but that's kind of our take on that. Uh, any last thing on the NFL before we go on?
1: Oh, actually, if- I'm not really sure where we're going next, but I did want to mention very briefly one thing I will say about the NHL in regards to the player safety is um, while Brendan Shanahan was running the show, actually, that was probably the best of the best uh, because they didn't waste any time in meeting out justice, and it was fairly consistent under his reign, and then, of course, he took over as president of the Leafs, so it, it hasn't been the same since.
0: Yeah. And and I can say this season, though, it's been at least consistent, halfway consistent, which I, I don't mind. Um, some of the stuff uh, you want to talk about different rules, I think should change. There should change like a goalie coming out to the blue line. You know, you still can't touch him. What? You know, uh, I mean, there was one. Uh, who was it? I can't the Flames goalie. I can't think of his name. I'm sorry was handling the puck out to the blue line, and no one could touch him. No one could touch him. And finally, uh, somebody from the Canucks came over and slapped his stick with his, and he got a penalty for basically interfering with the goalie. It was like, he was carrying the puck out, you know. So, yeah, there's some rules that need to be changed. But for penalties this year, what I'm seeing is pretty consistent. Uh, yeah, high hits, pretty consistent what they're doing for first, second, third offenses. Uh, Stuff like that, so I'm actually pretty happy this year with the the NHL penalties, or you know, fines. I should say, and suspensions. Okay, next thing we're going to get into this could probably be a real, real, real short discussion, but kind of just dawned on me this last like last week, Wednesday, Thursday, when uh, I do play a little chess. When I say a little chess, a little, and I'm very bad at it. Okay, so if you want to feel good about being a chess player, just challenge me and I'll lose. So, but. It came up to me, and is chess a game or a sport? Some people say it's a sport. Some people say it's a game. For me, I think it's a game. Anytime you have a board, it's a game. Uh, but some people are die hard saying it's a sport. Uh, what's your take on that, Bruce?
1: Oh no, I, I'm totally with you on this. It's it's definitely a game. I mean, uh, for me, a sport is something that actually engages a lot of physical activity. I mean, that's how I personally define it. But uh, I'd very I'd be very curious as to see what the reasoning is as to why this is a sport.
0: Yeah, and some people say, well, the spelling bees a sport. It's on ESPN. No. It's on ESPN because when they first started out, ESPN needed time to fill. And when the spelling bee comes out, there's nothing going on during the day. So they could just fill it in cheaply. <laughs> so that's why that's why they were on ESPN and that's why they're still on ESPN. Uh, and they cover just for that one reason. It's your first nostalgia right now. But yeah, it's uh, to me it's a game. I don't I don't know where, how, why people keep thinking it's a sport. And if you think it's a sport, email me, tracy at podness.com. And tell me why you think it is a sport, not a game. I'm really interested in hearing that. Uh, And and maybe you can change my mind. I mean, it's not like I'm so firm believing about this, I can't be changed. But you're going to have to have a good reason. Uh, Convince me it's a... Sport, not a game.
1: Well, also, uh, one of the things I'll I'll try to add the show notes to is that there was actually a a mini documentary put out uh, two years ago about uh, Fisher and uh, Spassky. And um, uh, I'll tell you the. Bobby Fischer has actually been one of my favorite chess players of all time, and uh, I'm hopeful that actually he didn't go as crazy as his uh as his own hero was uh, um, a, a chess player in England named Murray, uh, who eventually lost his mind. But uh, I don't know; some could say the same thing has happened with Fischer.
0: Yeah, the remember there's a movie in the '90s called Searching for Bobby Fischer. Uh, and it really had nothing to do with Bobby Fisher. It was about a little boy and playing chess. Uh, it was actually a pretty good movie. I love dramas. So if you like dramas, check that movie out. It's actually, uh, yes, there's chess in it, but it has a lot more to do with about life than it actually does chess.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Cool. And uh, two quick things here. The first is, time you listen to this, for us, it'll be tomorrow, but for the rest of you, by the time you listen to this, it's already opened. The NFL official tampering can uh, uh, tamper with contracts and players. Basically, what was happening was a week or two heading up to before the season. Everybody was breaking the rules, and they were talking to players. They just didn't sign it. So they came out now. The last like week or two before the official start, where you can sign players. I call it legal tampering, where you can talk. You know. Clubs can talk to players, this and that, and get everything finalized so on the day of they can just sign. Um, I don't know why they just don't move it back to this date and why they call it legal tampering. It, it really makes no sense to me. That's just stupid.
1: Although in during this period it actually seems to have uncovered some uh, disharmony among the uh, Washington Redskins front office because apparently the GM has been missing from a lot of the uh, the trials that are going on right now.
0: Yeah. The combine, he hasn't been there. He's been gone. And yeah, that's, and I think he was the only person in the office that was not an RG three supporter. And I think that's what we're seeing here is again, Schneider is kind of just saying my way or the highway. So yeah, that's just, it's the Redskins. It's, You know, what more can you say? Well, and
1: I revel in it because uh, what I also understand is that not only does the GM, well, apparently this particular GM has nothing to do with any of the contracts. He's not allowed to negotiate them. So uh, again, that's that's kind of a worthless position in this point. And I really, uh, you know, I get the owners who want to have a say in claiming that they probably know the game as well as anybody else, but they don't. I mean. You know, as you'd mentioned, Jerry Jones at least has taken a step back and and let the people to make those real decisions step up because they've had some spectacular drafts the last couple of years. But you know, the Redskins no such fate awaits them.
0: Yeah, and uh, do you know how Tom Landry did his drafts? Did any, did you ever hear? No, of that? I didn't. No, I didn't move to Dallas till long after Landry left and everything like that. But what he did was and I just thought this was cool, he would pick the first-round draft pick. He would pick that. Then he would say, okay, to the offense and defensive coordinator, he would say, last year our offense was better than our defense, so defense gets the second round, then he would go back, you know, defense, offense, defense, offense. He wouldn't pick. It would be up to the coordinator because that would they would have to do so much research and pick the best player because otherwise it would look badly on them. So I thought that was a great idea because you're going to take the best player you can for you, you know, or it's going to look real, real bad. So you're not going to like reach for players. You're not going to do this. You're going to take a good, solid player. And I always thought that was a really good technique. And another thing is I don't know why uh, clubs don't do this no idea why. With the whole quarterback things going on, backup quarterbacks, third-round quarterbacks, and there's only one team that does it. One team, the Patriots, and you can see them doing it. Every third to fifth round, pretty much every year, they select a quarterback. Every year. Why doesn't every team do that? You know, uh, you're know, you like, well, because they're not, the, but you always are bringing up new talent. Right now, you see... The whole leagues are going after the the backup quarterback and the third string quarterback for the Patriots. Why they're always drafting, they're always developing. Uh, just smart, you know. That's something I wish more teams would do. Is every year draft a quarterback. Every year doesn't matter. You know, third to fifth round. Most of those are not guaranteed playing so it's not like it's going to be a bust it's players you hope do something
1: well and the great part about it is that unfortunately for a lot of nfl teams who still haven't caught on the players that new england actually drafts are are actually good for their system um and just because they shine in that system we're looking at andrew castles that doesn't mean you'll shine in somebody else's
0: the ex- oh yeah yeah think castle that was i remember way back when when uh Minnesota and I think was it Detroit we're going after it? and Detroit got the contract for Castle and just cratered after that and was like, whoo, Minnesota dashed the <laughs> boat there.
1: Well, you know, again, I think what's interesting is that um With the quarterback, I think the biggest problem right now for Kansas City is that they're in a really bad position, not much different from, say, what you have over um, in uh, Washington, but, I mean, the fact is, is that Alex Smith... he is not the guy who's going to win you games, and they should have actually started drafting for his replacement probably two years ago. And as it is, uh, when the time comes that he's got to give up the ghost, I honestly don't see anybody stepping in for them.
0: Yeah, and Kansas City does not, I think they have the least amount of cap space of any team. So they really can't even sign, go out and sign like, uh, you know, McCown or something like that, a good Possible backup, they can't, they have absolutely no room. So, you are right. And you get these low, you know, paying contracts for three to four years. Why not take advantage of that and take a quarterback every year? So, you always have two in waiting, two in waiting, no matter what, two in waiting. And if you really want to use one on the practice squad, yep, he can get sniped off the practice squad, but generally. Quarterbacks on practice squads don't get sniped because the other team has to keep them on the active roster or they lose a draft pick. So unless a team's desperate, 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 kind of like two years ago, Houston, I really don't think that are worth So you could feasibly have your starter and three quarterbacks in training all the time.
1: Well, and I'm still reeling from what you told us last week that, uh, you know, you've got um, uh, I'm blanking on him right now, the Washington quarterback. Castle. Right. No, 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 no. Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. The fact that he's the highest paid player. You know, Washington has totally put themselves in a corner that Uh, now it is all or nothing for them because they are going to have to either draft another quarterback right now in hopes that he actually has enough progress this season that he could take over for next year because if they're going to bring Cousins back after next year, they are going to pay a hefty price for him.
0: Yeah, because anytime you franchise somebody, the next year goes up percentage wise. So that's why he's so expensive. And and if you talk to a lot of people, experts, they say there's really not a super outstanding quarterback out there. Just there, there isn't this year. And they say next year there's like three, four, five. Saying that, I would not be surprised if the Browns take a, a good defensive lineman or trade out of the that spot just to, quote, quote, tank another year. Same with the Jets. I could see them doing the same thing, uh, sell some pieces off. They're already kind of a little. And it's harder to tank like it is in other sports, but you can tank a little bit in the NFL. And just to get a high pick next year, to get one of those true quarterbacks people are saying coming out next year because I forgot the kid's name from Wyoming would have been the number one they said he was probably the closest ready to starting and he was the top of every board and he's at the last minute he says nope i'm not coming out i'm going back to wyoming for my last year uh so there's a couple more people are really looking at too so i would not and don't be shocked if the browns and the jets do not take a quarterback this year like what are they thinking just because they can quote quote tank because they're their fan bases already know their teams aren't very good and just to get another high pick and if they could use a high pick on like a defensive line or something or a a wide receiver to get ready for the new quarterback i think that would position them for next year pretty good
1: i'm gonna have to do my homework on this because one of the things i really want to do some research on are who are the true quarterback coaches out there because you know, you've made it to the NFL. You've been drafted by an NFL team. You have the arm strength. You have the mobility. And I'm going to guess, in some respects, you also have the smarts. But what's interesting? How they prepare some of these guys for the games? Because uh, one thing that really came into a sharp focus this year was my Oakland Raiders made it to the playoffs. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that there was no surprise they got ushered out as quickly as they did because when Carr went down. Uh, Jack Del Rio and his coaching staff should have had McGloin ready to go that following week against Denver in the final game of the season. I have never seen a man look so lost behind the center than McGloin did. Uh, Not only was he so ill-prepared, but in the first set of downs, they got flagged for two delay of games, and quite frankly they should have called the other two uh, downs for delay of game as well because McGloin had absolutely no clue out there and you know, that actually lies with the coaches. You did not prepare this guy for the game. And, you know, I've got to believe that there are some quarterback coaches who can resurrect uh, some of the talent or develop it properly. I think that's what it really boils down to. You've got an NFL, you've got a league. Actually, NFL isn't the only one. The emphasis is on winning right now. And the thing is, is that maybe they don't have time to develop players. But uh, at some point... I think that's the difference between the New England Patriots versus the rest of the NFL. They do develop their talent, and they have a great scheme that they can replace people as they need, and it just seems to work.
0: Yeah, it, if you look at college quarterbacks, pretty much everyone does the spread offense. You you get back in the, you know, you spread everybody out. You get back in the shotgun. Quick offense, you can sit and you can look over everything for 15, 20 seconds and process it to slow the game down. It, they call it a fast-paced offense, but you're actually slowing the game down so you can see what's going on. That is not an NFL-style game. There was only one quarterback taken in the first uh, like five or six rounds that, would, that ran a true pro-style offense, and that was none other than Carson Wentz. What quarterback looked the most from the start of the year just starting off, the best Carson Wentz. Why? Because he was used to going under center. He was used to calling an audible on the spot. That's what they ran in North Dakota State, albeit a uh, you know, uh, you know, one division down from the big powerhouses. He still ran it, so he had that step up for that. The one of the last quarterbacks taken that ran a true pro style offense in college was uh, Carr, the Raiders. Car came on, looked really good right away. Why? Because he ran some pro style in college. Now you get all these people coming out; they have to relearn the whole quarterback what they're doing, and that takes a year or two. It does, no matter what you say, do, why this or that. That's why it is so important to have that quarterback on the bench for a year, just learning. You know, um, that's why I don't think it was that big a deal in Denver. You know, him sitting there for a year. You know, uh, why? Because he didn't run a pro-style offense. He did not, you know. Um, Alabama does a li- they run kind of half, uh, half pro-style, half like spread, uh, you know, so they're another college. Mississippi State's kind of another – back and forth. I guess that's why you could see, uh, why you know, the Cowboys got somebody pretty good with Dak because they kind of run a pro. They go spread and pro, but you can really see the quarterbacks where they had some pro style in college and they don't. Uh, And the old days of, you were right, it's win or leave. And it's kind of sad. And you look at the teams out there that do good and are good year after year after year. There's consistency in the head coach and in the General manager consistency, instead of every two years firing and getting somebody new in there. Well, coaches know that they got to win now, or they're going to get fired. So they can't develop anybody; they just throw them to the wind. So yeah, it's college quarterback in college for the most part is completely different than NFL and. It, it, they just need more. Well, practice. and I'll just
1: wrap that part up with uh, I look at all the money that the Raiders had spent on Jamarcus Russell, and many of us remember him from the LSU days. And it's such a shame to see such massive talent like that. That was literally left on the side of the road because A, he couldn't pick up the pro game fast enough. I would have thought that with all the money the Raiders dumped on his contract, they would have been with him night and day to make sure that he got the game right. And uh, it's really a shame because uh, it got to the point where I think he showed up in Miami last year for tryouts. The problem is, is he showed up at 395. And, um, you know, at first, I think one of the defensive linemen for Miami was excited. They thought, oh, great, we got another lineman coming in. But it's like, no, that's the guy fighting for a job at quarterback.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, look at Cam Newton. First year he was with the Panthers, they ran a spread-style offense. Why? Because the offensive coordinator This says that's what our quarterback can do, so that's what we're going to do. And he did good. The next year, they says we're going to start doing a more pro-style offense. And what happened to his sophomore and part of his junior year? Not very good, you know, until he got more training and the, the game, quote, quote, slowed down for him at the pro level where he got to know stuff in and, and whether – last season to boot or not, he's still one of the elites, you know, why? Because he was able to train more and do it. And they're just in some places. And I think in some areas after his uh, second, and third year, some places would have benched him and cut him. you know, but the Panthers were like, Nope, we're going to stick to it. And it's paying off now. And I'm just curious how many of those other quarterbacks were cut when, if they just would have had a chance to sit back and learn for a year would turn into these, I'm not saying turn into a Brady, but maybe turn into, um, you know, like uh, an Eli Manning, you know, uh, turn into a Sam Bradford, you know, something like that where you're not going to jump up and down and say, man, he's the best, but he can win you games when needed. He's a good, solid quarterback. And how many have we lost just because, you know, they just threw it away, and they didn't want to...
1: Well, the first man that comes to mind is that social train wreck, Johnny Manziel.
0: Yeah. Uh, part of him, too, was the whole uh, Manziel image, too. And and I think what killed him, too, is his family did have money, so he knew he if this didn't work out, he could still fall back on Dad's money. So... Yeah, and he says he still wants to come back. He says he's clean, and I hope he is, just for personal reasons. I hope he's clean. I I hope he comes back, and I hope he does good. You know, not just because I'm from Texas and he's here or anything like that, but just for personal reasons. I hope he is clean, and I hope he does come back, just just, because when he's on, he can be electric. You know, he can be, but he still has some stuff to learn. You know, the scrambling around and making a play is great in college, but uh, those linebackers and defensive backs are a lot faster in the NFL than they were in college. Oh, I think
1: that's actually one of the first things that most rookies uh, of the year is to point out almost immediately.
0: Those sweeps I was taking then, boy, they're there before me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we talked about that pretty good. Uh, any last thing before we kill this off?
1: No, I mean, I don't know if you wanted to briefly on the uh, World Baseball Classic or not.
0: Yeah, we can talk about it real quick. I was just going to bring it up to say, basically, the World Baseball Classic has started. Uh, There's a lot of warm-up games now. Um, There's different places to watch it. Uh, Just start searching for it, and you can stream some of the games online. If you guys don't know what the World Baseball Classic is, basically, it's like the Baseball Olympics. Uh, A lot of the players in the Major League go back to their... Home countries and place. So, and uh, right now, um, I I don't know what if one team has an advantage. Um, every year, everybody always says the U.S. always has the best advantage, but I don't know. Uh, the Netherlands actually look pretty good. The Japan looks pretty good. Japan's got some pitching. I mean, boy. Those guys are loaded, and what helps them out is their season's off a little bit, so a lot of their people are just just like mid-season form. So there's there'll be some good games coming out here. And one thing I like what the World Baseball Classic did is they did say they will not overuse Major League Baseball pitchers, so they just don't throw their arms out. I think there's a limit of innings they can throw on how often they can throw. So, which is kind of nice. You really don't have to worry about, you know, your star pitcher, you know, for the Texas Rangers going out and, you know, and throwing back-to-back nine-inning games. It won't happen. I think it's a three-inning limit, matter of fact,
1: if I remember. Actually, right. that, that's uh, good news. I didn't realize that because, for me, I would have called that uh, da- da- What is it, uh, Daisuke Matsuzaka. Uh, rule, because uh, there was uh, the his final year with the Red Sox. He pitched in the World Games, and he pitched an unbelievable three games back-to-back-to-back, to back to back. and I don't know how they could have allowed that to happen, but uh, that was essentially the end of his career in the MLB.
0: Yeah, it, it's. I think they're looking at some of that like, no, we can't have that. Matter of fact, some of the pitchers are used so sparingly, they're actually – in between games some of them are flying back to their home clubs to pitch in the simulated games just to get some work in so they're not sitting so much which is an awesome sign um i the only reason i know that is uh i had uh, one of the minor league games on i forgot what and they were talking about that about uh, you know he's not pitching again till like the 13th or something like that way down the road so he's going to come back this weekend and you know pitch in a simulated game you know, in the bullpen just to get work in and then go back. So, which is, which is a good thing. It's, that's what I was worried about. And a little stuff that I'm worried about that also is like Adrian Beltre, you know, has has got his muscle kind of tweaked in his leg and he's still going to play. And where it really would be good if he would just sit and do nothing for two weeks. And, you know, is is this going to make it linger the whole year? Or is he going to have to sit the starting of the season? That's why I don't like it. Little naked injuries like that, but should be some good games out there and i'm just curious usually during these games here one or two players defect from cuba when they leave the country and they come play in another country usually every time tournament right at the end of the tournament one or two of them just defect that c- probably can play in the major league baseball and so i'm just curious who in the cub who in the Cuba's is going to do that well, actually
1: year. maybe i'll have to start watching those games to see which one starts emerging as sort of the standout <laughs>
0: Yeah, you can uh, usually, if you're any, you know, sports blog or something like that, we'll usually have that. Uh, One I really like, uh, SB Nation uh, is really good uh, about that. SB Nation Radio, they bought out Yahoo Sports Radio. Really good sports radio if you want to listen to it. Um, Another good one I really like is the Bleacher Report. If you get the app on the phone, you can set up what alerts you want from even what teams you want or from by sport. And you can get real detailed on these alerts. And 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 so if you're looking for a good something to read and some good alerts on very how you can very specifically how you want these alerts, uh, like for the Texas Rangers, I don't want to be alerted at game start, game end, the score, anything like that. But I want to know all the news, what's going on on the team right now. And when the season starts, I'll cut that down. Just a major breaking news. For the Texas Rangers, so you can really tweak it down, and it's totally free. So check out the Bleacher Report. I get nothing from that, but uh, for good um, online checking news out, uh, Bleacher Report's pretty decent.
1: And for our hockey fans, if you're interested in it, uh, I usually use uh, a, it's a hockey. It's Hockey Slam uh, through canoe.ca, um, but we can post that that URL in the show notes.
0: Okay. Yeah. I usually, I sign up for the, uh, you know, where you can stream all the NHL games. Um, uh, they have in their app, they have something you can set up for alerts through there. And that's what I usually do. Uh, it's not center ice. That's for the TV, uh, NHL, whatever. I pay the 150 or I get every game all year long from all the teams. So in there, you can get alerts with that too. So, yep. That kind of winds everything up unless no, you have any last thing a you want to Good, sounds good. Thank you everybody for listening to this and thanks everybody for taking the time out of your busy schedule and downloading this episode, Uh, taking your time out and uh, listening to it. Any comments, questions, concerns, just email Tracy at podness.com and I'll get back with you. Again, if you ever want to join us, let us know. You can come on, even if you want to be a silent partner and just come in just every 10 minutes, go, I disagree. and That's it, you're fine, that's fine. Just come on and let us know and uh, more than welcome to, especially if there's any soccer person out there. You can tell the only time we talk about soccer is when we're safe. Somebody wants to come on and talk about soccer. So thanks for listening, everybody. Everybody have a good day. Good week.